You're listening to MPS Connections with Brian Bruton. Well, by the time you are listening to this podcast, we are less than one week away from the start of school. And reminder to everyone, if you haven't seen the headlines on this, school starts one week earlier than it has in the past. So we are kicking off an MPS on Monday, August the 23rd. So we thought it'd be a great idea to bring some of our experts in to talk with you today about some tips, tricks, and strategies for getting your students off to a great start for the 21-22 school year. Um, In the past, we've only had a couple of guests, but today we have a full docket of people to talk with you. And so I'm going to let these folks introduce themselves today, and I'm going to kind of do it as I'm dealing cards. So to my left, uh, we have a special guest with us representing HH Dow, Mr. Ted Davis. So Ted, can you start us off by telling us just a little bit about yourself, your role with MPS, how long you've been here, and a little bit on your background? Yeah, certainly. Um, Uh, I came to MPS in uh, 2007 uh, when they started uh, a new position called ADAP Combo. So I was one of the first or maybe the first person that came in as that uh, at Dow High School. Um, Filled in there. I was there for nine years, kind of worked through different positions, assistant principals, uh, the levels. We had different levels at the time, too. And then eventually... Uh, became the principal at Jefferson Middle School. Spent three years there, and now I am back at Dow High School, and this time as as the principal of Dow High. So from 07 to uh, to current, uh, spent quite a bit of time here at MPS, and specifically the Jefferson Dow High connection. So you've done it all here at MPS. We appreciate your leadership, Ted. We're going to go to your left now, and we also have an assistant principal from Midland High School, uh, Mr. Wensley. Want to talk about yourself just a a little bit? Sure, Brian. Thank you very much. Uh, so I came to MPS in 2017. This is my 22nd year in education. Uh, I've had experience at the elementary, middle, and high school and am happy each day to, to go to school and make a difference here at MPS. Thanks for representing the Chemex. We appreciate that. And um, helping out to represent all of our elementary principals to Mr. Wenzel's left is uh, Mr. Cochran. Scott, can you talk a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. My name is Scott Cochran. I'm the principal at Adams Elementary School. I've been here in Midland for 12 years now and uh, 25 years in public education. And like Matt, I love going to work every day and I can't wait for the school year to get started. And one more guest we have representing both of the middle schools. We are lucky to have representing the Vikings today, Mr. Keith Seibert. Keith, can you talk about yourself just a little bit, please? Yeah, my name again is Keith Seibert, and I am the assistant principal at Northeast Middle School. This is my 20, starting my 27th year in education and 24th here with Midland Public Schools. Thanks for being with us, Keith, and thanks everyone for being with us today as well, too. Um, As you've just heard, we have a lot of experience um, in representation from our different levels around the table. And really what we're trying to do today is to bring you, again, those tips and tricks to help this 21-22 school year get off to a great start. And so we'll start with just one of the easiest questions. And Scott, if you could take this on behalf of um, Adams Elementary, but all of your elementary colleagues as well, too. The number one thing that everyone wants to know this time of year is, who is my kid's teacher? Can you talk a little bit about how they would get to know that, please? Absolutely. I think that is the question we get the most this time of year. So for all elementary schools, uh, the teacher assignments will go out on Monday, August 16th. So a week before school starts, Monday the 16th, parents can expect an email, uh, and that'll tell them who their children's teachers are. Uh, if they have more than one child, they should 
hear about all of them on that day, and that's true for all of our elementary schools. I also think it's important to point out at Adams and at all the elementary schools, you know, we work very hard to create uh, balanced class lists. And so uh, the idea is, you know, that if, if we take a look at you know, boys and girls, we take a look at academic achievement, reading level, we take a look at, you know, make sure everybody has a friend in class. You know, maybe there's, maybe there's some kids that don't do well together, you know, that sort of thing. So we take all of that into account and the lists are very carefully put together. Um, so those come out on, on Monday, August 16th, and then pretty quickly after that, parents can expect to hear, uh, see an email from their child's teacher talking about the first days of schools, uh, school, what materials they should have, and that sort of thing. So they'll typically get that email uh, within about 24 hours after receiving the teacher assignment. Right. And I'm going to double down on something that Mr. Cochran said there, too. One thing that parents can do to help us out a whole bunch here in MPS is making sure that your email contact is up to date within our systems as well, too. Sometimes people call and say, I haven't heard anything. I don't know who my teacher is. And a lot of times it's because you've either changed an email address or something went a little bit off in the system. So if you can verify that, there's actually directions on how to do that within our MPS weekly communiques as well, too. So thanks, Scott, for that. Yeah. I want to hit something you said there just a little bit harder so people know. What I picked up from you is that it's not just a random draw on who's in each and every single class. So there is a little bit of strategy behind it, you were saying? Absolutely. The, uh, the, the teachers and the principals take a lot of time to create class lists that are going to make sense and work out for everybody. So uh, we want every child to have a friend in class. We want every child to have a, a fit that makes sense. And so we work very hard to do that for everyone. And, and those you have no idea how much time the teachers take we right. take to to make sure those are great. So. Yep, and we know that um, there is no bad choice when it comes to the teachers here in MPS. Every kid's going to have a very quality experience, and so thanks for that insight. A little bit different at the middle school level, Keith. Um, it doesn't quite work that way because it is a little bit more of student choice and scheduling that piece. So can you talk about how middle school students in MPS um, figure out who their teachers are and what their schedule is? Yep, this process started uh, early last year where students made their course recommendations or what they had wanted, what they were requesting for this upcoming school year. And so we took a look at that based on the numbers and then we offer that amount of sections um, to make sure or to ensure that they get their first choice or an alternate choice um, for this upcoming school year. Um, at this point, I know that staff, or staff have access to class lists. Students will be able to see which classes that they have um, when those are released in Home Access Center uh, next week. We're at Northeast, we're also offering a schedule walkthrough on August 11th where kids can come in, they pick up their Chromebook, pick up a copy of their schedule, and they'll be able to see it, try their locker com. Uh, if you contact Jefferson Middle School, they will have that date available for you when they uh, plan to proceed with that. And it's a good opportunity for kids to see a supply list to also take a look at where their classes will be and what they can expect on the 23rd. Is it a similar setup at the high schools, um, Ted and Matt? Is there anything different that you guys want to count, um, talk about? Yeah, no, it, it, it really is. It's, it's pretty much the same thing. The thing that would be different for us is our open house dates. So we do the same thing. Kids get their schedules on the 16th. That part is going to be the same. And then Dow High will do on the 19th what we call an open house schedule walk. Uh, starts at 3 p.m., goes till 7 p.m. And one thing that we do have uh, for parents, um, we do have our student leadership class that's providing a presentation at 4 o'clock and then again at 6 o'clock with some of their 
ideas for how to make it the best year ever for all of our students. So um, if anybody's interested, it'll be open. Kids can walk schedules, see classes, and then hear the presentation as well uh, from our leadership classes. In our Same thing. Center. At, very good. Thank you. Same thing at Midland High or any differences? And so, Brian, yeah, absolutely. At Midland High School, we will uh, mirror what Dow and the middle schools are doing, except again, our dates are a little bit different. On August 18th, we will entertain from eight o'clock in the morning until two in the afternoon, our 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. Please mark your dates. Uh, students who are driving from 11.30 till 12.30 will be parking pass pickup. And then on the 19th uh, is kind of a special day at Midland High where we're going to invite all of our new students to the district and also our ninth grade students uh, to give them more of an intimate uh, feeling and be able to, to kind of calm some of those nerves on their end, uh, where our leadership class, as in Dow's, will take the lead on the 19th and uh, lead school tours. It's almost a one-stop shop. They'll get their uh, yearbook picture, their schedule, their brand new locker for the year, uh, new combination, and their Chromebook, uh, all on the 18th and the 19th, depending on which grade level you're in. Right. You guys had a bunch of great things there, and I, I appreciate that. And you probably don't want me to ask this question, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm sure it's going to be right on people's minds the minute that they open up the email and see either A, who their teacher is, or B, what their schedule is when they pick it up. Um, can they request schedule changes? Keith, middle school, uh, they have a concern about the classes they have. Is there um, a venue to request a schedule change, or is it pretty much locked in at this point? At this point, it's pretty locked in because we tried to ensure that the kids got their number one request or an alternate class. What we are requesting is that if there is a mistake in the schedule where they don't have a full schedule, um, that should not happen. But in the event that there is a is an error, to please contact the main office. Same at the high schools. Yeah, the, the difference for us is instead of contacting the the um uh, the office is we ask that you contact your counselor. So there is a little more flexibility at, at Dow High um, for some changes, but for the most part, we staffed and scheduled kids as in what their requests were and recommendations by teachers. So there's a little, but but not a lot. Sections are pretty full and we don't like to overload. And so there are some cases, same thing. Um, if your schedule's not complete, those kind of things. If you were trying to get an IB diploma and something didn't look didn't look right, those are are some things that yes, you would contact your counselor. And because you were so strategic about it at the elementary level, I'm assuming the answer is at this point it's pretty much locked in. Is that true, Scott, or am I misspeaking there? No, you're right. Uh, it's pretty baked into the sauce at this point. Uh, if there's a mistake, like they're in the wrong grade, uh, then absolutely, please reach out to the principal and let them know. But yeah, those classes were really carefully curated already. So. All right. So that'll be the number one question is, uh, who is my teacher? What does my schedule look like? And um, once people get that answer, then they move on to number two, which is how is my kid going to get to school? And so I want to hit this kind of at each and every single level, but it's going to be kind of, I think, of a similar answer. So if someone does require transportation, Scott, at the elementary level, how do they figure out where their bus pickup is, what time that is? What help can you give parents and students on that end? Yep, that's a great question. Uh, that information was in the Midland Daily News insert, the Our Schools insert that went out recently. Um, it's also on the Midland Daily News website. And really, I, at Adams anyways, I don't think those bus routes change a lot. And that's probably true for most of the elementary schools around the district. So it's probably similar to last year. 
but you can look it up under our schools or you can also always reach out to our bus garage. Their phone number and email contact are on the district website. Um, and they can certainly help out. And uh, Brian, you can help me out here too. Are we still doing the, uh, the app that helps parents track the buses? We surely are. And um, that's something that became very popular at the end of last year when we put that into play. And we will definitely release details again via all of our communications channels on how people can do that. Um, make sure that on, well, really pretty much the first week, you give our buses just a little bit of extra leeway as the drivers get to know the routes. And we know inevitably people like first day of school pictures as well when kids are getting on the bus. And that always delays things just a little bit as well, too. Um, Keith, at the middle school, you don't have to deal with driver's license and driver's permits and assigning those type of things yet. Um, but when it comes to transportation for the middle schools, is there anything that parents should know that's different than what happens at the elementary level? Um, as far as finding out the bus route or the bus drop off or pickup, um, Scott covered that. I would say that at each middle school, there is a specific area where buses do the pickup and drop offs. And it's very important that the parents know where those locations are at Northeast. It's in the front of the building and parent drop off and pick up if is in the back. And anytime we mingle those or interchange those, it becomes very difficult for the buses to maneuver around and safety becomes an issue for, for kids too. So we ask for parents to take a look at that and to make sure they abide by that. And I'll speak a little bit for Jefferson Middle School. Um, we're blessed through our bond initiative to be able to be redesigning that parking lot this summer. Um, but it is going to be a little bit of a change over at Jefferson Middle School on how the pickup and drop off works. So make sure Jefferson parents that you are looking for communications from your building administrators, because that's going to be just a little bit different at the beginning of the school year. But on to high school, it is a little bit different um, of a setup with you all because you have really a couple of different things that are happening. You have kids that are driving themselves. You have bus drop off and you also have parent drop off as well, too. So um, over at HH Dow High, is there anything special people need to know about transportation getting to and from? Yeah, um, we just sent out information, uh, I believe, this past weekend in regards to parking permits. Kids are able to purchase those through school pay. And then I believe the handout in the parking lot selection piece uh, happens on uh, this coming Thursday. Um, but the biggest thing for us on buses is avoid the Main Street uh, side because that's where all of our buses come in. So we really like for our parents to enter through uh, either of our Saginaw or our Perrin Street uh, entrances. And then if you come in on Saginaw, then you exit on Main Street and drop your students off right at our main entrance. And then the gym entrance is, is available, but we also have quite a few student drivers that are using that as well. Um, so those are, those are pieces really um, that uh, Mr. Murphy, before school starts, will be sending more information to everybody uh, in regards to, to some of those items. How about over at Midland High? Any tips you can give folks on the best way to get in and out of Midland High in the mornings and after school? Well, sure. To begin with, uh, we're going to have on sale uh, via school pay, just as Dow is, the uh, parking lot uh, purchase for the parking lot permits. And then they'll be able to pick out their parking spots uh, when they arrive on the 18th. Um, at Midland High, we would just ask for a little patience. Please be reminded that we have three to 400 newer drivers driving for the first time uh, in the morning. Please give them some grace. Also, we tend to uh, have a bottleneck um, in our loop that would begin at about 725 to 735. Please, uh, again, uh, have some patience. 
we will get this and parents and students will have this worked out uh, within the first week of school and everything will seem to run smoothly after that. I think that patience is definitely a key when it comes to the first couple of weeks of transportation at all of our buildings. And we do urge all of the citizens out in Midland public um, within our jurisdiction to please be careful. Um, kids are excited. They don't quite know the rules yet. They're going to be running across the roads. And like you said, Matt, um, a lot of new drivers as well too doing, doing this for the very first time. So we appreciate that. I do want to throw one more piece out there for everyone as well. In a previous episode, you heard Mr. Jaster say that masking is required on all school buses um, throughout the country. It, it, it's a rule that we all have to follow. And while masks are recommended within the schools, but yet not required, uh, it is required on school buses. So we know that's going to be a little bit hard for kids to remember, but we do encourage parents to send your kids that are riding our transportation system with the mask. If they do forget, of course, we're going to have those on the bus for you, but it would help everyone out if they could remember to bring a mask with them that day on the bus and for um, all time being until we get further guidance that we don't have to do that requirement anymore. So we're, we're going to shift gears just a little bit now as well too. One of the other things after we know what our schedule is, we know how to get to and from school, two things cross parents and kids mind. What do I need to buy my kid for school? Um, this time of year, the school supply sections over at Meyer, Walmart, wherever you do your shopping, they're getting really busy. The other day I was in Kohl's and you could tell that that's heating up as well too, um, as people are getting ready to go back to school. So Scott, at the elementary level, how is it that parents know what they should be getting their kids and what the school is going to provide? Yeah, you know, I think every school will handle this a little bit differently, but I think it's reasonable to expect that that Monday, August 16th email with the teacher assignment will come out. And within a day or two, I know at Adams, it's usually within about 24 hours, uh, parents can expect an email from their child's teacher talking about um, what they should plan to bring to school. And so that comes out really quickly and uh, they'll get that right after they get their assignment. Over at the middle school level, they now for the first time have more than one teacher. So it gets just a little bit more complicated because we know every teacher has their own kind of flavor and what they want kids to have and what they don't. So what advice could you give parents and students for supplies that they should get for middle schools? You know, the, the teachers individually will let the kids know or oftentimes will pass out a specific things that are needed for that class. And that will be coming out on the 23rd at the latest. Um, but as a whole, I think that it's recommended to have, you know, a folder for your class. And if you have a binder that you could that you could bring, that would be great in order to be organized for each of the classes that you have. At the high schools, is it better to be proactive and just guess and get or is it better to be reactive and wait um, for what the teachers are going to tell you before they go out and get things? Yeah, I think, Brian, at the high school level, uh, parents and students should expect a notebook per class. Um, some pens, some pencils, just your basics. Uh, students will receive a syllabus the first or second day of school that will dictate what they need um, for the rest of the school year or semester. The one thing that Dow and Midland High probably uh, have in common besides a lot of other things is um, our freshmen, 95% of them take a PE course. And so a combination lock um, that works and is in their backpack is a wonderful thing to purchase. Make sure that you go through that with your student and they're able to um, work that combination um, because there's there's nothing worse than going to your locker and 
not finding your equipment in there for class the next day. For so, sure. Is that true, Keith, at the middle school as well, too? Um, we do have locks that are provided for the students um, for physical education classes and Got for it. athletics. All right. That makes sense. Um, appreciate that insight. That'll help parents out when they are preparing to get their kids ready to come back to school. Um, we're running a little bit short on time, so I want to hit um, two more topics before we wrap this up. Um, the other thing that people want to know about is um, last year during the pandemic, all breakfasts and lunches were provided free to students as um, the pandemic went on. Scott, is that going to be true again at the elementaries this year? It is true again this year. So uh, free breakfast and free lunch is available for every student, uh, regardless of anything. So that's Therefore, you certainly encourage your child to take advantage of that if that's what you want them to do. Um, I think a couple of tripping points we noticed last year that are important to point out here. If you do a la carte, and the most common a la carte is to get milk separate from the lunch or breakfast, it is 60 cents. So we did have a couple of situations where uh, uh, kids were turning down the meal but taking the milk, and then that cost them 60 cents per meal. So just be aware that that's out there. You can get the whole thing for free, and that includes the milk, or you can purchase the milk alone for 60 cents. And so I'm guessing at the high schools, the ice cream is not free. Is, is that true? No, no, that is correct. That's yeah. correct. The Froyo, Froyo frozen yogurt would be a la carte. Right. Yes. So not included. So parents, when you're seeing those charges on your account, um, you, you can give the school a, a contact on that because um, the actual school lunch proper itself is free. If kids are choosing things off the a la carte menu, that's going to continue to be a charge as it was before. I do want to backtrack just a little bit because I, I did some poor hosting there and forgot to prompt this one in school supplies. We did learn last year during the pandemic Pandemic, that technology is more essential than ever to what we do in the educational realm. Um, so one of the pieces that we know is essential is the Chromebooks. It's, it's uh, a staple in what we do here in MPS. We had a learning management system last year called Canvas that we are going to continue to use throughout MPS as our base learning management system. Um, so Scott, at the elementary level, Chromebooks, will each and every single one of your kids get Chromebooks this year? Yeah, we're a one-to-one -one district, so all kids will have Chromebooks at the elementary level as well. So all K-5 students will have them. I think every school is passing them out in a different manner. So, for example, at Adams, students will receive their Chromebook from their uh, grade-level teacher sometime during the first week of school. Um, I know that uh, if other schools are doing it differently, I'm sure they'll be communicating that out as well. But yep, everybody can expect to receive a Chromebook. How do they get the Chromebooks at the middle school level, Keith? Do you do it during orientation or schedule walk day, or do you do it the first day of school? Um, we will be distributing those on August 11th um, when the kids get their schedules. So every kid will get a, uh, a computer, and it's very important to remember that those are tools utilized to further their education, um, that they are very important to have for class um, and Games and uh, fun stuff is secondary on those. And bring them charged every single day. High schools, when do you guys give those out? Um, at Dow High, we do it uh, is August 10th. One thing that we would remind everybody to do is to have that user agreement form filled out. Good advice. Because if you don't have that, you will not get a Chromebook. And that is same as uh, true at Midland High School. We will be giving out Chromebooks on the 18th and 19th. If you're unable to attend either of those dates, uh, we will have our media center open during the first week of school, uh, before school or after school, where students can go up there and retrieve their Chromebooks as long as, like Principal Davis said, uh, you have that computer agreement uh, paper signed. You know, just to jump in here, uh, what both of those gentlemen said is 
it's true with the elementaries as well. You do need that elementary, uh, the, uh, the computer user uh, form filled out in order to get the Chromebook. So make sure you do that for all your students. So I challenged each of my guests today to think of something really, really prophetic to be able to say at the end here. And so I'm going to challenge them all um, at the end of this podcast um, to give us their best piece of advice to incoming students and or parents. Um, if you could give one tip to make the 21-22 school year, as Mr. Davis would say, the best school year ever, what would that tip be? And it wouldn't be fair to start with Mr. Davis because he got to start the other way. So I'll start with Mr. Seibert on this one. Um, you are a very tenured um, instructor and administrator here. So you've been through many, many years of school year beginnings and startups. What's the number one piece of advice that you would offer, Keith, um, to make this a great school year? Honestly, it would be to take a deep breath and just relax. Um, oftentimes, there's a lot of anxiousness with the start of the school year, not only for students, but parents as well. So just relax. The staff is ready, and they're looking forward to having all the students back. Very good. Scott? You know, to follow up on that, I would just say that communication is key. You know, to expect the best, um, encourage, listen, and uh, work together, because we're all in this for the same reason, for our, our young people, our students, and our children to have a wonderful school year. So communication is key. And if I could cheat and give one more, I would say read, read, read. At the elementary level, reading is so incredibly important, and it's fun, too. So. Matt? So, Brian, I would say uh, remove any roadblocks, and then um, which would then uh, decrease any anxiety. And some of that can be done prior to the first day of school. For instance, having your outfit out uh, the night before. There's nothing like missing a left shoe on the first day of school that could <laughs> cause some anxiety to go up. Uh, uh, make sure that your backpack is prepared. Make sure that your, your lunch is made if you're gonna bring your lunch. And then um, what, what I like to see at the high school and what has been successful is um, creating a reward system. And I'm not talking about um, items that are tangible. I'm talking about um, items of time. Uh, the biggest thing that I've heard from students is uh, they want to spend time with their parents or their uncle or something like that. So use, use uh, things like time and, and doing some fun activities with your student um, as type of a reward for doing what they're supposed to be doing in school for that week or that month or that semester. Good stuff, man. That's going to be a tough one to top, Ted. And so you're going to close out the podcast here and you're going to throw us a, a great, great tip. So, all right, bring us home, Ted. Yeah, no, all of these are, are, are fantastic ideas. The thing that I was thinking is, is the biggest thing for me is um, make sure students aren't afraid to ask questions because we, have, we will have students inevitably walking around looking at a piece of paper with this panicked look and they will pass teacher after teacher after administrator. And, and it's not until some of them start to break down into tears that, you know, we approach them. Um, but there are some people that would rather try to figure it out on their own. It's so much more effective. It's that, that communication piece. Just don't be afraid to approach an adult um, or even another student um, and, and ask questions. Where am I going? Who teaches this? those kind of things. I, I think that's that's key. The other piece too is don't be afraid to talk to your counselor. If something in a class isn't going right, talk to your teacher, talk to your counselor. Um, you know, and same thing for, uh, for parents. A lot of times as an administrator, I get a phone call about what's happening in a class. We have 
65 or 70 classes each period going on. And, and it's always important to, to make that first contact to the teacher because they're going to be able to provide you the best ideas, insights, and what's actually happening. So don't be, don't be afraid to ask questions. One other thing I'd like to add, Brian, to um, Principal Davis's comments would be that um, we are in a uh, exciting school year this year. And so what we haven't discussed in this forum is all of those virtual hybrid students who possibly have not been in school for a year and a half. And so we are welcoming at Midland High School uh, approximately 300, 315 brand new freshmen as well as three to 400 hybrid virtual students. So over half or half of our school is going to be brand new. Um, the teachers are prepared for it. The administration's prepared for it. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing the faces on the first day. Uh, but like Principal Davis said, um, just ask. We're gonna have adults throughout uh, the building just like every building at MPS. Um, we're there to help and, and kind of make this transition back to quote unquote, normal school year, uh, the best we can. Parents and students, I think it's obvious by listening to the administrators that were um, visiting us on the podcast today that we are prepared, we are excited, we are enthusiastic. We cannot wait to welcome you all to MPS in a week to our doors. We know that this is gonna be a great school year and we are here to make it the best that we possibly can. So thank you again all for listening. Make sure that you're tuning in to our next episode, episode number four, where we're gonna do a deeper dive into some social emotional learning and supports. We hit that a little bit during episode one, but we did get a lot of comments from our listeners that they wanted to hear more about those supports for our students, for our staff and for our stakeholders. So we're gonna have some guests on that will help Deep, uh, dig a little bit deeper into that subject and give people a little bit more insight about what we're doing here in MPS and supports that are available for each and every single one of our stakeholders. So thank you all for coming on today. I appreciate you providing insights to our listeners. Thanks to each of you. And we hope to have you back to episode four in a couple of weeks. Thanks. We do encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so you're getting the most up-to-date episodes. You can find us on all the popular venues, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast episodes. Also, you're going to be able to access um, this podcast through our new communique format, which we hope that you enjoy, which is supposed to be much more mobile friendly, where we are also going to archive our episodes.